Psalm 133, and of course, they're going to turn our overhead on. I'm not our overhead, our PowerPoint. And we're talking about the power of unity. What I want to do is look at uh, five or six things that we need to be unified about, no matter what else. If you don't like broccoli, well, okay, we can we can manage that. I get, uh, we were at home and, uh, well, of course, this is home. You know what I mean. We were back at the homestead and um, brings back a lot of <clears throat> nostalgia. And uh, there, were, there were no grits in the house. Now, see, that would have never happened. Um, that would have never happened uh, before Brother Smith passed away two year, a year ago, February. Because Brother Smith made sure there were grits in the house. And then he would make sure there was enough spam in the house to get us through. And so they would always, and he would, he would, of course, he teased about it. He would eat it, but he made sure it was there. And so um, I really missed that. And uh, then about the year before he passed, uh, a, a year ago, February, about a, a year before that, he was reading the paper and he found a uh, recipe for a spam sandwich that was, I mean, out of this world good. I mean, incredible. It was incredible. And so he, he, I told him, well, will you eat one with me? If I make this uh, spam sandwich, he said, no, no, I, I won't eat one. But I want you to eat one, and I want to watch you eat it. And so I made one, and you had to put it on the you had to put it on the stove and everything. I mean, you had to take the spam and uh, do a little something to it there on the grill, and then you add some uh, bacon, and then you put some tomatoes on that, and then you flipped it around, took the bread. It was really quite a recipe. So if you want it, just let me know. I have it somewhere. But. Uh, <clears throat> We've been, we've been at home and uh, thinking about uh, the good things that our loved ones have given to us through the years. So tonight we're going to look at the importance of being unified, not over things that don't matter. We, we don't, unity doesn't mean that we agree about everything, because that's not possible. Well, that would be impossible to agree on everything. Um, now, we all know that grits is one of the greatest foods of all time, but we, we, don't, we don't have to all agree on that. Some of us, there are probably one or two in this room that won't agree with that. You don't have to be so loud about it, but you, we know that you wouldn't agree. But that doesn't matter because those are not the things that matter. So if you would, we're, uh, we're looking at Psalm 133 and verse 1. Could we read that together? Behold... How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Praise God. 
Did everybody have it? It seemed like we were missing a few voices. It'd be nice to just to really read that out loud. I know you do better standing, but I don't want to. I don't want to have you to stand a long time. We're going to just get right into the word. But let's read it one more time. It's not <clears throat> a difficult verse. Here we go. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. And so this scripture is reminding us, first of all, that unity is important. That dwelling together in unity is important. So what I want to think about tonight is why that is so important. Why it is so valuable. Now, I'd like you to turn with me before we get to our uh, PowerPoint to Ephesians chapter 4. This is the only other King James text that translates this word. Of course, the, Psalm 133 is Hebrew. Ephesians chapter 4, of course, was written in Greek and, and we translated it into our English Bible. And <clears throat> it's the only other scripture in the entire Bible that uses the word unity in in English, in the King James Bible, because there are several other words that the King James translators preferred, such as like-minded and so on. It's the same thing, but but they, they went at it a little different when they translated. But here in Ephesians, uh, they have used, let's look, if you would, uh, at verse 1. Now, I know you're seated, but how many are still awake? How many are still, all right? All right, could you help the ones that couldn't, are not awake? All right, if you're awake, now wave your hand. Just kind of wave your hand just to say, I see this little test in unity. You see, there are, there are, there are times that we really don't want to do something. For example, just then, that was no reason in the world for me to ask you to do that. But I did ask you to do it, you see. And so I've done a lot of times, and everybody did it. And, and I thought, you know, I, and I did it on purpose knowing, well, for one reason... Uh, I was hoping a couple folks. No, I'm just nobody's sleeping. I'm I'm just carrying on. But but folks are tired. There've been folks who knows what's going on today. Sister French, I tell you what. You if you knew what she's been through this week, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even wonder how she's even in this service. And yet she's here. And and as far as I know, she's awake. And she's paying very close attention to everything <laughs> that we're doing. No, I'm just. Just kidding. Okay, so let's look, if you would, at verse 1 of Ephesians 4. And this will be our, our final uh, text, and we'll get to our, our uh, PowerPoint. Therefore, uh, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So in other words, live worthy of, of being a Christian. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. Forbearing one another in love. All right? <clears throat> I'm having to uh, kind of talk soft here. Forbearing one another in love. Okay, can we say that together? Forbearing one another in love. Now that's good. I like that. But that's really just another way of saying, because the word forbear literally means to put up with or endure. To forbear means to bear with or to uh, 
allow for all the, really it means to allow for all of the differences that are allowable within the kingdom of God and yet forbear with one another because of love or in, in love, in a loving way. And that sets up the verse three. And could we read that together? <clears throat> and if we could do it as loud as you can, I don't have much voice, but some of you have more voice than I do. Here we go. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And I thank you for reading that out loud because I know you didn't really want to. But you read it and it was really good. I could hear you and, and it made my scratchy voice sound better. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Now, how many knows what the word endeavoring means? Does anybody, anybody over here know what the word endeavoring? Just wave your hand if you know what the word endeavoring means. Okay. That's scary. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> to endeavor means that you Let's kind of give it a little colloquial twist here. Okay? You do the best that you can. How many knows what that means in colloquial? You do the best you can. Okay? <laughs> oh, I've got everybody scared now. Okay. So, of course, to endeavor means that you are, you're out there doing what you can. It doesn't mean that you will always achieve it, right? What if you said, I want you to endeavor to do something? Well, most likely you're going to do it, but, but, it, but it doesn't mean that you always have to accomplish it. There are times that unity is not 100% possible. So you do the best you can. Now, for example, let me tell you, let's talk about a husband and wife. If a husband says to his wife, I cannot stand your cooking, well, you're not going to have unity. How many knows that's true? Okay, that's the first strong amen. I finally got a strong amen. If, if, you are, if you are insulting someone, then you know ahead of time that you are not endeavoring for unity. Insults cannot produce unity. So in other words, both of these scriptures that we have looked at have been uh, encouraging us to recognize that there is something we must endeavor to do in unity. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to take the mic in my hand. I'm not going to get loud. I'm not going to preach. You don't, you don't have to change it. I'm, I'm okay. I just, I'm warning you that I'm going to do it because I need it. Um, I, I just need it for my voice. I'm going to lose my voice. <clears throat> and that's, I don't mind that part. But, um, so I'm going to take the mic. I don't even like doing that. But now we're, we're looking at the power of unity. And the first thing that we need to add to this pretty much a blank a PowerPoint is that the reason that we need unity or what we need to be unified for, we could say, well, the kingdom of God, which is true. I, that's true. We need to be, how many knows that we need to preach the truth? And we need to be united around that. So I'm not trying to get super duper technical here. We need to be unified over the truth. We can't be divided over the truth. How many knows that? And how many knows that uh, the Bible tells us that we're, as our Father in heaven is perfect, then that's the way we're supposed to be. How many knows that's Bible? Okay, that was a little weaker. A little weaker, but that's, that's okay. I just want to see if you know, because I'm going to say it again if you don't. The Bible says... 
Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many know the Bible says that? Okay, that we know that's true. We know it's true because the Bible said it. Now, I, I often get rebutted on that. People will say that's not possible. And then I have to say it. So the, the, Jesus was what there? Confused or just telling us a bunch of nonsense or what? And of course, these are always the people that want to do what they want to do and they don't want to think that God expects them to be perfect. I didn't think it would get quite that quiet, but that's all right. To be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, of course, that that requires a whole lot of endeavoring. It takes a whole lot. <laughs> we're, we're talking about being like the Lord. And so the, the, the area where we must be unified more than anything else in all of the world is about souls. We must be unified concerning souls. Now we're in the middle of the Holy Ghost working in a special way. We've, we're making plans for some special revivals because the, the Spirit of God is just directing the church to take another little step. You know, we kind of reach over and put our arm on the, you know, and kind of take a little breather. But then the Holy Ghost says, come on now, you got to keep moving. And uh, how many knows we're marching toward heaven and we're, we got to take, now it, it, we, we cannot be satisfied. We need to be unified over this. We cannot be satisfied for people to go to hell. If you are, if you're satisfied, then I don't want to be in agreement with you. If what you want is to sit around and let people go to hell, then I, I can't, I can't be, I, I can't, I can't agree with, I can't say, oh man, let's just be buddies. No, no, I don't want to be buddies with that. If what we want to do is just enjoy ourselves and let people go to hell, then we will be lost ourselves and we cannot be unified. The first thing, I know I didn't got to my very first point, but we must be unified over souls. Could we lift our hands and pray that God will give us a revival of souls? That'd be a good thing. Father, I thank you right now because there's power together in faith and we give you praise. Now let me say something else. I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to be lengthy, although this, you know, I won't, I don't have to cover everything that I've been thinking about talking about tonight. <clears throat> but if you need a motivator to be in prayer meeting, if you do, maybe you don't, but if you do, if you need a motivator to be in prayer meeting, let's say, you know, you're tired, you're working late, whatever it may be there. And, and, uh, I, all, there are a lot of reasons you might not be able to be here on a Tuesday night. But if you need a motivator to be here, I want to give it to you right now. People are lost without God and they need to be saved. And we need to pray for them. Now, some people would say, I can pray by myself. Now, let me, let me give you another motivator. I, I, I hear this, not, not I don't mean in the church. You know what I mean when I talk like this, especially when I have no voice whatsoever. <clears throat> I have people who say, I don't need to go to church. I can watch it on television. I, I'll, I'll get this a lot of times. People oh, I don't go to church. I just, what I, what I want, I get from television. Now there's two, at least two different types of those guys, uh, folks, those people, those wonderful people. Um, and, and the one group is, 
they really do watch television for some spiritual value that they get from it. And they think that that's enough. So I do meet them. I meet them rather often. They, they actually do. I would say they're in the minority. They're not the major group. But they, they, if they talk like this, then I, I try to think, well, are, are they really watching something? And they, you know, whatever. And then, you know, if they are, that's their business. Hey, folks, it's a free country. If they want to sit home and do nothing but watch a television something to get their spiritual value, then that's what they do. But most of the time, when I say that, I mean the majority, over 50% of the people, they're not watching anything. What they're doing is they'll get a little good, maybe some little tidbit, and that's and it may be once a year, like some people's compliments. About once a year. I told you, honey, I loved you at Christmas. It's going to last all year long. Just like Christmas itself. And so the truth of the matter is you cannot get the most value spiritually just sitting in front of a television set. They're just all there is to it. You just can't do it. And I'm, I have all kinds of problems with television. But I want to tell you right now, if you think the, some people will say to me, well, I don't want to get, TV is what I like because of religious television. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I get what you're, where you're going with this. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that's, that's hardly ever true. Number one, uh, about, they, they did a recent survey on what's being preached on television. I'm not, I'm not, this is just, uh, I'm just telling you the truth. They have, there hasn't been a sermon on repentance in the last number of years on, on all of the TV, television, not one sermon on repentance. You know, there may be other nice things. I'm just saying. I mean, hey, folks, if, if they're not preaching rep- in a world like we're living in and they're not preaching to people you need to repent, something, I mean, the first, hey, let me tell you how long my TV show would last. One hour. So I would have to call it one hour with Pastor French. Because this is it. Repent! Repent! No, I'm just kidding. But that's exactly what people, they need to hear. You need to quit sinning and find God. But instead they're hearing all this syrup and nonsense. But they think though, regardless of that, that if they watch a little program, that's all they need. Well, I do not think think for one moment that apostolics could ever hope to think that all I need to do is pray by myself. I don't need to pray. Do you know the you you want to know what that means? That means that I don't need the church. I don't need the power of the church in my prayer for the lost. And the fact of the matter is we do need the church. I need you to lay hands on me. I need to lay hands on you. And and so prayer is that time where we can unify over souls. And is, is everybody okay with that? We need to unify over souls and we need to pray for souls. So if you need a motivator, I would say, there it is. Let's gather in here for 30 minutes or 40 minutes and pray. And then we'll have requests. We'll pray for a few moments. We'll pray for one another. And you go home. It really isn't a long time. But there's power in unity. When people get together and they pray, hallelujah. What if, what if, what if the disciples had said, oh, the upper room. No, 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 I'm not going to that upper room. I can get just as much power going home. Just think of what we would have had. 
And of course, what it shows is that we love one another and we recognize our need for one another. And so, and we do need one another. Can you say amen? Now, let's talk about souls a little bit further. Now, the first thing that I want us to look at, let's go, well, let's take a moment and look at this. First of all, uh, we, if we can, uh, unity uh, means, of course, to come together, or another word for that is to focus. Everyone say focus. Okay. <laughs> to focus. I know some of you, are, I, I know that there's lots going on, so in a, in, a, in a meeting like this, you may not even be catching the, the, what I'm trying to say. But, but when we do focus, like for example, right now, if you're thinking about your grocery list right now, now no, I'm not, in view, oh Lord, if they were, please forgive me, I didn't mean to catch them at it. You know, like one time, I was really wanting to get a hangnail. I was, I forget, where, I, very seldom I'm sitting in the audience. But it was way, can I not tell this? I can tell this, okay. That there, there was a, I really wanted to get some clippers out. And I kept thinking, oh, I don't, I, I don't know if I can take my clippers out and clip my fingernail. I needed to. All right. And I did. Oh. And sure enough, as soon as I pulled those clippers out, someone saw me. And it made it look like I was distracted because I was trying to pay attention to the to the sermon. It was a great sermon, but I was, I, I had this, I guess I couldn't stand it, that that nail was like that, and I was, I needed to do something about it. And so we're not always focused on the same thing, and we, we understand that. But what about when we leave here tonight? Do we really want to see our loved ones saved? Or do we think they're going to be just fine without God? No, we don't think that, do we? We know that people need the Lord, right? Praise God. Our, our children need the Lord. I don't care if they've got, listen, if they've worked their way up the social ladder and they're multimillionaires, that's not going to save them. All the money in the world's not going to save them. Or their good looks or anything else. And, 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 and the idea where they're just so hopeless. Nobody's hopeless. How many knows that God is able to save to the uttermost? Amen. And so we need to be focused and we need to uh, focus in the areas that are important to reaching souls. And of course, that would be prayer. And so that's all I'm focusing. That's what I'm mentioning tonight, that the area where we need to, to focus is on prayer. And so over the next several months, we're going to set up a, a prayer uh, opportunity where people can submit names into like a prayer journal and we're going to keep it and then it's going to turn into a revival prayer uh, journal where we can keep people's it, it, that we have been praying for. Now we've got all hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names but we're going to focus our prayer upon each one of them. How many believe that prayer makes a difference? Praise The power of unified prayer and agreeing together God is able to do it.
Now that means, of course, you'd have to share uh, someone that you love and share that name and say, I want their name. So we have to be discreet about it. So that we, you know, not handing that out to everybody, but people can see we're praying for that person for a specific for a specific need. Now, let's see if we can get this to go. All right, I'm going to skip that. Now, we're living in a world where the things of God are taken very very lightly. People are far more likely in our current culture to be involved in something Hollywood is trying to sell than they would something that the Spirit is trying to sell or do. Now, it becomes critical as the people of God that we recognize that if we're going to touch the world then we are going to have to allow our spirit and our lives to touch those that are around us. And you can't do it in what I call adventure sales, where everything is about uh, some thrill or some uh, excitement. Although I, I, I don't, I'm not just a fuddy-dud, but there comes a time, you know, there are... There are there are Pentecostal thrill seekers. The only time they want to be in church is if somebody's shouting and somebody's tickling their funny bone or, or doing something that makes them feel a certain way. And, of course, that would negate the very purpose of the church. The church is not just, hey, hey, we ought to be shouting and dancing and praising God. And, and, and that's perfectly fine and good. But the center of our focus cannot be the thrill of the ride. It cannot be, well, did the preacher shake my hand? Or how, you know, how beautiful is my church? But it, the, it has got to be souls need salvation. And so we're not going to sell by, for example, there are people, now listen to me, some of you aren't going to listen, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are people that say you cannot grow a church if you preach old-fashioned holiness. And I want to tell you that is a lie from hell. You can grow a church and preach holiness if the church is unified. You can, because it's happening all over the world. In fact, the truth is, now this is just a little, just this little extra. Fastest growing churches in the world are holiness churches. Aha! Threw that in, snuck that in on you. Holiness churches, they used to say, oh, those, they're going to they're gonna go out of business. Those holiness are going to go out of business. But of course, that's not true. And I'm sorry that this thing is not. Uh, oh, all right. I'm trying to get it to go. Here we are. And so, if we are not focused on souls, but only the thrill. For example, some people would actually come to an altar and pray with people if everybody was just really worked up. But to let the Spirit guide them and be used of God. And truly, now we have in this church, 
a number of God-called altar workers. They, they know who they are. They sense in their spirit, I need, to, I need to step forward. I need to do what I can to touch someone's life. And I'm going to tell you why you're here. Because Jesus is getting us ready for a great day. Hallelujah. He wants to use us. He wants to use you and, uh, to minister and to deal with someone. You, for example, you cannot... Now think with me just a minute. You, you, um, you can't look at people like they're um, uh, 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 <laughs> like they're, they're just... Everybody just cookie cutter. I'm trying to get the right example here. In other words, just run, oh yeah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Like, and everybody's the same way. Just think of that. Oh, here we go. Oh, here's, here they are praying. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Like everybody needs you to come and put your hand, a little pinky on their forehead like this. Or two fingers. At least use three fingers or something. Do something a little different. Not, not everybody needs. It's not like we're just coming down through here and, and we're just having this little, hey, folks, we need to be led by the Spirit. People are hungry for God. Let me tell you something else. There are people every Sunday that are walking into this building that are hungry for God. No, they don't understand us. They look at us and they say, you won't believe we're... I went to church, my goodness, they were jumping and they were running and they were loud and they were, they were singing all kinds of stuff and, and they, were, they looked like they were stricter than acid. I don't even know if those people can breathe or not. They're not allowed to breathe in that church. We used to say they're not allowed to chew gum. And so they have a conflict because their heart's telling them, wow, I really like this. I really like what what God is doing. I feel something, but I don't understand it. Now, what do you think happens in that lull time when they've got this conflict going on in their minds? If you don't pray and you don't stay unified, the devil has a field day and says, no need to go back. But guess what is, let me tell you what is actually happening. Right now in the lull, I'm just calling it a lull for lack of a better reason. I haven't thought it all the way through. But between last Sunday or the Sunday before or even the Sunday before that, we got a stack. How many? I don't even know the stack. We got a stack this tall. I mean, it's really tall. It's nearly as tall as I am. And so here's this stack of people that have come. And, and the Holy Ghost, during that in, in between time, I've had people come up. Here's, a, here's one of the most common things that I hear people say. All right, I'm just singling it out. And that is, I have never been in a, a more friendly church. I hear that every, almost every single week with brand new people. Now, I know there are people, and here's what the devil's doing. The devil wants to tell the church that is unified, well, they'll, they'll never come back. They, they came twice. They did not come. The devil is a liar. They came once, they can come again. And they are coming again. God is reaching, and someone said, well, when you start preaching that strict stuff, they, they'll just give it up. Let me tell you something, friends. There's nothing hard about running with the glorious gospel. When people hear the truth, they suddenly realize. Right. 
they suddenly realize, hey, someone said, well, I could never live like that. And I said, well, of course not. You can't do that. Only the Spirit lives holiness out in a person's life. You've got to get the Holy Ghost. You've got to seek after God. You've got to call out to God. There are folks. We had a visitor here. A couple, I don't see him here tonight. Be careful. I don't want to tell the whole story. But they had been invited a year. It will be a year next month. It will be a year next month. And they've already been to three services because of one invitation that they got. Can we just clap our hands and thank God for the people that God is going to bring to salvation? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We can't just have, we can't just be uh, hooked on the idea. Well, they weren't, they didn't have stammering lips and they weren't shaking. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Some people think nobody gets a hold of God unless they're shaking or something. Now, I know that there is a power of the Spirit that, that will, and some of you are going to take me wrong because you're not listening to me. I believe you can be slain in the Spirit, and I am all for it. And dancing and praising God, jumping up and down, that's, that's fine with me. It ought to happen. But some people think the still, small voice is bunk. They're never listening for that. They're just watching for the storm to blow the roof off of the building. And well, we didn't have the roof blown off the building, so it wasn't much spare. <laughs> so we need to be unified about this, folks. We need to let God be God. And if he wants to minister, we, <laughs> we had a service recently. I'm trying to be careful here. But we had a service recently. I mean, this place was packed. We had so many new people. It was, I forget the number that Sunday. It was incredible. Brand new people were trying to get around and meet everybody and talk to them and get cards. You only get so many that fill out cards and so on. And, and the spirit, and all of a sudden, it was like, I mean, I don't know how many sitting in here that Sunday morning. It's only been a week or so ago, but I don't know how many recognized it. But it was like, all of a sudden, it was like, Whoa! I mean, the spirit just went from one side. It just went like that. And I could, in the saints, of course, we're, we're so used to it. The saints were just thinking, ooh, I like that. I feel something. But the, I'm talking about the sinners. Suddenly they stay perked up. I mean, people that had never, and, and, when, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost began to minister to them. You know, folks, we need to be unified on how God can reach a life apart from just me getting loud and whatever. Because God is reaching for people like right now. I hope you believe this, but... If, if it's not true, then we're a, we're, a, we're a goner church. We're a goner church. If we don't believe that right now there are young people that the Spirit of God is working on right now. And He intends to bring into this church right here. But He's not going to just do it and you go, Get out of my way! That's my get out of here! What do you think? The, what kind of a... Who, who do you think would come back at that? Now, nobody's going to do that. I mean, <laughs> I hope they don't, but you know what I mean. Nobody's going to do that. That was just uh, very bad acting. All right? But people pick up on, your, on, a, on a spirit or that you, you just don't. 
you know, these young people, bless God, they pick up on that. So what do we do about it? We have to say, Lord, draw our spirits together in unity so that we all have one goal, and that is souls will be saved. Souls will be saved. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to believe God right now that God will save a soul. Amen. And that is our prayer. And that God will lead and guide. How many knows, how many believes that he leads and guides? Okay, that's about a third of us, but I'm going to try it. Let's go this other way. Remember over there in John 16 where it said, I will lead and guide you into all truth. Remember that? Okay, so we typically will say that the Lord leads and guides people. For example, listen to me. There are people right now that are in, okay, they are in other churches and they are very unhappy. There's no, there's no move of God there. And they, they never, they, they don't even kneel. Did you know that many, many churches, we, we could take a survey. I don't want to, but I'm just saying it, it's people do these surveys where there are no altars. You know how many people have said to me, you have altars. Are those, are those altars? These are altars. This is where we kneel right here. This area is for, for prayer. You come up front and pray. I was in a church. It was the large, I'm not going to say, I, I, I don't care not, not one thing about it. I'm not going to tell you a thing about it except this. It was a big massive church and I was there it wasn't one of our of course one of our churches and and I was there because the guest speaker was one of my all-time world favorite speakers in non-UPC circles and I was I, I couldn't wait to shake his hand and he got to he, he memorized nearly the whole Bible do you remember this you know what I'm talking about and he got up and he started quoting the Bible. And he, of course, he was a man. I've never heard a man with any more mastery of the Bible. And, we, and, and he's not Jesus' name. He's just a, I would call him a nominal preacher. And, and, he's, and he's quoting and he's talking about the coming of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord swept into that place. It was a massive crowd of people. People started wanting to pray. They started crying. They said, no, we, we do not allow any emotion in here. But you can, if you would like to pray, then you can exit this side door and go into this other part of the building. By the way, that's the denomination I grew up in. And we used to shout and dance all over the front of that church. But now they have a $30 million building and they don't allow it because that, dist that distracts people when people start crying and they have to wipe their nose and they need a hanky and all that. That's, that's what's happened to the church world. But all of a sudden, let me tell you folks, God is dealing with people right now that want more than a roller coaster ride. They really want the Holy Ghost. Could we just pray for them right now? Could we ask God? Let's take a moment. I know we're, I know we're in a hurry, but Father, I pray for your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to, 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 to be able to come together for the cause of souls. And we thank you for it. Now, I'm a minister with an organization called the United Pentecostal Church. And I have been for uh, my entire ministry. 
as a young man, I, was, uh, I wasn't baptized in the United Pentecostal Church. I, I, was, I didn't even know anything about the church, and I ended up getting baptized. My brother and I were kind of uh, new to this. Well, we were very new to it, and, uh, and so, but one of the first organizations we came across of any size was the United Pentecostal Church. And, and when I went to college and so on, I went to a UPC college. And, um, and I, I love this organization. I thank God for it. Um, I thank God for all the good that's being done. And uh, we'll have a, we, our, you know, our last missionary uh, was canceled. We, we had a missionary coming. I've been feeling terrible about it. And, uh, th- but they, they left the field. And, uh, and so they were going to be with us in April. And so we, we tried to figure out a way to work something else out. So now our next missionary, I want to tell you right now, when that missionary comes, I believe this is the correct one. Um, that'll probably go all the way through the slides. I'm not going to stop it. I'm just going to let it go for a minute. Um, if nobody else takes that missionary on, we are taking this missionary on. We're going to support the next missionary. We've already been praying. But I feel like that God is going to uh, move in a way that we can. How many of us we ought to be blessing our missionaries? And last Sunday was missionary Sunday. I know this isn't missionary Sunday. It's not missionary Wednesday or anything else. But <clears throat> uh, I, I just feel it in my heart. These, uh, these, this is a son of a missionary. Do you remember the, is it the Carvers? Do you remember the Carvers? Brother and Sister Latin, they were missionaries to, okay. They were originally from Australia, I think, or New Zealand, something like that. And she was the daughter of the president of Avon. I never, I never forget that. And, and, uh, and anyway, they, they have just had amazing revival. Well, then their son has come along, and I don't even know where he's going. I mean, they've been in so many countries. They've been to New Zealand. They've been to Australia. And then uh, Fiji, they were in Fiji for a while, whatever and wherever they're going. And, and I just feel that, uh, and wh- why are you saying this, Brother French? Because I thank God for the United Pentecostal Church. I thank God for the missionaries that are being supported. I thank God for 140, uh, well, it was 140. The last count I saw was 202 countries the United Pentecostal Church has churches in. Why don't we thank the Lord for that? Every nation that God has allowed one organization to plant churches in and preach baptism in Jesus' name. But I don't agree with everything in the United Pentecostal Church. Just because somebody's licensed with the UPC, someone said, well, I thought you were in the UPC and they were in the UPC. Uh, Well, we may be. Well, they don't don't believe what you believe about that. I said, well, they, they can't be right about everything. They have to, you have to allow them to be wrong about a couple of things. No, no. I don't expect perfection in the United Pentecostal Church. And uh, I mean, I wish we were. Uh, and, and I do pray. How many knows that we need to pray for our fellowship? That God will keep our ministry clean. That God will keep our churches pure. And that we'll preach the truth. And uh, that we'll love the truth and so on. And someone said, well, I know a UPC preacher, so and so. I just got a call tonight, UPC preacher. I'm going to tell you, you wouldn't believe with this man. He's left the UPC. He's full of the devil. So I don't agree with everybody that was ever in the UPC. But I want to tell you this. 
I'm going to be unified with the United Pentecostal Church on the things that matter as long as God has called me into this organization. Why? Because of souls. Everybody say praise the Lord. Souls are needing salvation and we've got to reach them. And I do agree with the vast, vast, vast majority of everything that the United Pentecostal Church is about. It doesn't mean that every single thing or every person or whatever has ever been done under the name of the United Pentecostal Church. And I thank God for men and women that are making a sacrifice. So I think this would be good, and I'm almost done, but I want us to pray that God will touch our missionaries all across the world. Could we just take a moment and could we pray? And and I know we need to hurry, but could we just talk to the Lord a moment about our missionaries, Lord, from Asia and all across the world, Lord, up in Russia and all over Europe, oh God, and all over the Pacific, Lord. And I pray for our missionaries in Australia and all around the world, oh God, in South America and the Latin nations. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray that we will have a hunger, oh God, to be used of God in these last days. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We really do need to pray. I don't know if if there's been a time when I've heard of more missionaries who are uh, who are discouraged. They they really need to know that we're praying for them. And we have sixty missionaries, but but and and we do support them every single month. But we need to do more than just send them money. I mean, we, we do that, and I thank God for it. I thank God for it every single month. I praise God. But we need to be praying for those, and we need to be praying for our district. Now, can't me, I, 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 I got to get back to this, but I want us to pray for our Georgia district right now. Could we do that? Could we just pray for a moment? Father, I pray for Brother Johns and this district. I ask God that your presence will help us and that you will strengthen us, Lord. We give you praise right now. I ask, Lord, that you will help us to grow churches all across Georgia. Let this be a a district, Lord, that believes in revival. Send revival to Georgia, Lord. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. All right, so quickly, let's look at another area where we must be unified. And, of course, and that is in the price of the unity. Unity always comes, just like a marriage, comes at, at a price. And uh, I've been hearing of this one and that one. Well, I, I don't know that, you know, this faithfulness is way overrated and all that nonsense. That's the kind of day that we live in. And then they wonder why they have destroyed their homes, their families, and their children. But it is it is critical that we pay the price to just as in the photo there that's a, that's an old photo i got some year or so ago but i thought it was so interesting if you are if you were very close to it you'll see that there's a gentleman sitting at the very top of that cliff in fact there's two there's one on the edge of the cliff and it's not me i will promise you that's not me and then on top of it, there's another gentleman. But, of course, um, what the devil wants us to believe is that we, 
the price is too great. We cannot reach across the distance. And, uh, and of course, the devil wants us to believe that we have to, well, we'll, we'll leave it here, that, um, that uh, I am going to skip this one. It's, it's, it's interesting, but we're going to leave it. That we, can, we can't expanse, reach across the distance. See, if we live uh, what, what I'm calling here cloistered or to ourselves, then we become an island unto ourselves and we cannot fulfill the number one point of unity if we're just living in it as an island to ourselves. Now, <clears throat> what the devil wants us to believe is that our holiness separates us in a way. Now, it separates us in terms of holiness. It, for example, I don't care who I'm with, I'm holiness. I'm holiness there. And so, and now, but, and sometimes we worry, for example, that that might make someone else uncomfortable, which I, I think is far less likely. Uh, the, the world, they might be a little wondering about it, especially if you're nervous about it. But for the most part, they're perfectly comfortable with the world. They just wonder why you believe what you believe. And they might even ask and just, just not. Too many days ago, someone said, well, what about this, uh, uh, your, your church? I noticed so-and-so about them. That's right. And so we were talking about how our ladies look different and how they, they one of them said, uh, they, they all look, they, they all have the same hairdo. I noticed they all have the same hairdo. I said, no, 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 I don't think they have the same hairdo as far as I know. But, but, is it, but, but they, they have a lot of hair. I notice they have a lot of hair or something like that. Their hair is up on their head and so on. I said, well, uh, that's probably, you probably noticed that. And so uh, I, I was thrilled to death to say, yes, we preach Bible holiness. We walk in it. Someone comes up to the altar. They begin. To, how many knows that your walk of holiness begins the minute that you receive salvation into your life? That's when you begin your walk of holiness with God. And so, I, hallelujah, I'm glad to be a soldier of the Lord. I'm glad to be a part of an apostolic church. Amen even though that's going to cost me. That's going to cost me. Uh, when I went to England to work in my doctorate and first time I arrived and, and I was the only Jesus name person in the whole building, they said, oh, oh, French is here. He's one of those Jesus name Pentecostals from America. And so I come walking out there and they're like, he's one of those UPC preachers. He's, he's working on his PhD and he's blah, blah, blah. And I had to give a paper. My, my whole point of going over was to present my, the beginning of my research. And, 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 and someone had said, man, you're, they're, they're, they're scrutinizing you pretty close. One of, one of the students said, I have been here X number of years and I have never known of a student that they had to introduce their distinctive religious ideology. Because they're very broad-minded here. You could have been a Hindu and they wouldn't have cared. But because you were a holiness, Pentecostal, Jesus-name preacher, they were wanting everyone to know, now he's a holiness, Jesus-name preacher. And you want to know what? 
I was thrilled to death. I thought, well, hey, man, they've introduced me. They know all about me now. And so uh, one years ago, how, how many years do you think it's been since they, that, that they called from the university and said, there's a Muslim class wants you to teach on speaking in tongues? That's been a, we can say it's been several years, right? Not a hundred, but close. They wanted us to come in and talk to them about why, why do Pentecostals speak in tongues? How many are glad that you've got the Holy Ghost tonight? Could you stand with me all across the building? Let's just, let's just stand one more time. God is going to give us revival in accord to our faith and our unity. Our unity must be over souls. If nothing else, of course, truth, we've already said that. That's, that's its own story. We, 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 we're united over the word of God. But our unity in the church of God is over, Lord, whatever it takes to reach souls. Praise God. Can we just love him together right now? Can we just thank him? Father, I pray that you will, Lord, bind us together, Lord, like you never have before. Lord, that we can become a praying church, that we can become a revival church, that we can become a church, Lord, of evangelism that touches lives every day. Lord, everybody that walks in these doors are one more person that we can have an impact on. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. So Sunday, let's say we have 200 on Sunday, and we could very well. Of course, it's June. I know that the chances are the tents will be down, not up. But let's say we had 200 on Sunday. Do you realize how many people that is that are new, that that is the, our opportunity to impact somebody's, somebody's life? Even if, let's say they come the one time and they don't come for, you know, a while. But yet they come into the presence of the Lord. Um, let's, uh, let's be dismissed with the, with the old chorus. This French saying almost all the, all the um, what did you call them? Uh, Hymns. Oh, I thought you said something about the road. Uh, uh, memory lane. That's it. And I, I don't know if I can do it because uh, acapella, but let's see if we can sing Bind Us Together. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords. That cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. In love, we're going to go up just the lane.